Welcome to the Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell and co-host Keelan Harvey. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited. Now, in the studio, local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome to the Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, July 24 show. I will be flying solo today. Keelan never not shows up for our virtual studio when he's sick, but he is definitely under the weather in a big way. Uh, not COVID, so that's good. Uh, you can also listen to our podcast Facebook premiere show, or you can catch our show on our YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on upcoming events, please go to tinamitchellevents.com. I would love to spend some quality time with you in my events platform. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. Bring in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events and how they can affect your money. If you are listening to our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We are here to answer any questions or to connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyr.com. And our lineup for today's show, we will be having a panel conversation with both of our guests. We have Steve Dashik of Washington Law Firm, and we have Laura Clovier of Biojunction Sports Therapy. We'll also be having a conversation with Steve, a glimpse in the mind of a personal injury attorney, and followed conversation with Laura, healthcare during COVID. Also, if you are watching our show on our Facebook live premiere or on our YouTube channel, you are seeing us on video. I would like to make a very important introduction to our engineer, Benny, over at Hubbard Radio and also our director of marketing, Victoria. We could not do what we do without them. Victoria and Benny, big shout out and a big thanks to both of you. Great information and great guests in studio today. For more information on any topic discussed, please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And now let's go ahead and start up the show as we do each week with a little bit of money chat. Money. Money. Tina Mitchell here with your money chat. Existing home sales, which measure closing on existing homes, were up 1.4% in June and up 23% year over year. There were 1.25 million homes for sale, which is up 3.3% for May after a 7% increase in the previous report. Inventory is still down 19% year over year, but getting a bit better. First time home buyers have accounted for at least 31% of sales over the last five months, while affordability is still 
a bit tough with higher home prices, rates are still very attractive and first-time buyers are clearly hanging in there. Cash buyers remain stable at 23%, but is a big jump from 16% last year. Investors purchase 14% of homes down from 17% in the previous month. Housing starts were up 6.3% in June and 29% year over year. There was a negative revision to last month and when taking that into account, the gain really is by 4.5%. Single family starts, which is the really the most important, were also up 6.3%. Permits, which are a good forward-looking indicator, were down 5.1% in June, but are 23% higher year over year. Single family permits were down 6.3%. Homes authorized but not started are up almost 60% year over year and continues to climb, which shows us that there are delays due to higher cost and labor issues. Single family units completed is down 6% for last month and 3% year over year. This speaks to the fact that builders can't get appliances and this is what's delaying the process. Overall, it's a mixed report. Housing starts are up in June and will eventually lead to a little more supply once they are completed. But looking beyond that, permits are lower and supply constraints appear that they will be quite some time before things uh uh, balance out a little bit. There should be continued support and high, so continued support with higher appreciation. Current sales fell by one point to 86%, sales expectations rose two points to 81, and traffic fell six points to 65. While this index has been declining, a reading above 50% signals expansion and 80% is still a very strong level. The month of July is typically slower due to the seasonal, and there was also a heat wave that have deterred some traffic. Now the MBA reported that applications to purchases Home fell last percent last year last week six percent after the eight percent gain in this previous report. Purchases are eighteen percent lower on a year-over-year -year basis, and of course, the rise of home prices can be affecting purchasing volume, but also inventory levels are near record lows and almost 23% of transactions are cash buyers, which are captured, not captured in the application and accounts for some of that decline. Refinances declined 3% after a 20% gain in the previous report, but expect these numbers to start increasing with the removal of the adverse market fee, which was set up by the secondary market. The cost for refinances lowered 50 basis points and discount point, which with this removal of the reverse market fee and on a $500,000 loan, this would be a savings of closing cost of $2,500. Refinances are down 18% year over year, which is an improvement from the 29% decline that we saw last week. The refinance share of applications increased from 64% to 65%. Interest rates increased slightly last week. Now in 2018, at the end of the year, the number of homeowners that had mortgage rates locked in below 4% was roughly 39%. Today, it is 63%. This tells me that there is still a lot of you that own a home that could benefit from refinancing. Now, on the forbearance front continues to improve with the amount of loans and forbearance dropping last week from 2 million to 1.7 million. Almost 25% of those homeowners in forbearance are still continuing to make their mortgage payments and just set it up for a safety net. So far, this has been unwinding pretty gently.
Initial job claims, which measures individuals filing for unemployment benefits for the first time, increased 51,000 to 419,000. Continuing claims, or those continuing to receive benefits, decreased 29,000 to 3.2 million, which is post pandemic low. The pandemic unemployment assistant claims, which gives individual benefits who would not usually qualify, and the pandemic emergency claims, which extends benefits after regular benefits expire, fell by 1.1 million combined, which is a significant improvement. 12.6 million individuals are still receiving benefits throughout all of their programs, which is down 1.3 million from just last week. We have seen roughly 2 million drop off over the past three weeks, and it would appear that although lagging, we are seeing a benefit from some of the states starting to cut extra benefits early ahead of the Labor Day expiration. There's a lag because it takes a while to find a job, and then it takes a few weeks for it to come onto the report due to the lagging nature of these reports. Last Thursday, Fed Chair Powell admitted during the Q&A session that inflation was harder than they expected and they are expecting hot inflation to continue until moderating in medium term. Now, Treasury Secretary Yellen said that she expects several more months of hot inflation echoing his thoughts. How do we cure inflation? You keep rising prices until buyers say, no, thank you. We are starting to see a bit of pushback from consumers. And that is your money chat. Coming up next on the Money Hour, a panel conversation with Steve Dashik of Washington Law and Laura Clovier from BioJunction Sports Therapy right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Miss a show on KKNW? Check out 1150kknw.com for podcasts of many of our programs. That's 1150kknw.com. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, July 21st show, Flying Solar Today. You can also listen to our podcast, Facebook premiere show, or you can catch our show on our YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on any of my upcoming events, please go to tinamitchellevents.com. We'd love to spend some quality time with you. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. It is a great day to talk about money. That is what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, so you can have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you are hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We are here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyr.com. And now on our show, we'll be having a panel conversation with our two guests, Steve Dashik of Washington Law Firm and Laura Clovier of Biojunction Sports Therapy, right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Welcome to both of you into our virtual studio. Thanks Thank for you. Having yeah. <laughs> and a little bit about, we'll start with uh, Steve, a little bit about Steve. Uh, born and raised in San Antonio, Texas, Steve eventually decided it was too hot. From there, he spent time, uh, time eight years in Toronto, 
uh, Ohio, where he attended the University of Toronto for both his undergrad and his law degree. After graduate, graduating law school in 2007, Steve decided it was too cold and moved west to the beautiful city of Seattle, where he is relishing in the having all four seasons. When Steve isn't working, hard getting a client's uh, justice for things that they deserve. He can be found in a various parks around the city playing fetch with his handsome dog, Captain Jean Luck Pupcard, and going out to eat with the mother of his unconceived child, Becky. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, watching probably too many YouTube uh, videos, don't we all? And about space and studying on analogy. Definitely, I'm not watching that on YouTube, but I know what you're saying, Steve. And a little bit about Laura. Uh, Laura graduated from the University of Puget Sound in 2002 with a doctorate in physical therapy. She has been a physical therapist for over 19 years, specializing in orthopedic injuries and game analyst customs uh, orthotox and has worked with athletes from all levels, including professional and Olympic. Uh, Laura has been the official physical therapist for National Volleyball League NVL, the Association of Volleyball Professionals, AVP, head medical for Snoop Dogg, Young Football League, and part of the medical team for the AC Seattle Women's Professional Soccer League. She owns Biojunction Sports Therapy in West Seattle and Walford with her husband, Tim, and has been in business for 10 years. And wow, what an impressive uh, group of people that you have helped su uh, support. Uh, Laura, thank you again for being here. Thank you. Yeah, it's been fun. All right, so let's go ahead and start out with our panel conversation. Steve, I'll go ahead and start with you. How has being an entrepreneur helped you be a better person in business or life? So I would say it forced me to put the first things first. There's a, there's a great freedom you can have with your life. Uh, if you're not stuck in an office nine to five, if you can essentially work um, all of the time, then you can take breaks whenever you want. That can sort of wreak havoc on your time management if you let it, uh, but it's really uh, it's really sort of forced me to uh, you know get a dog, get out every day, uh, take some time for myself. That is great, Stephen, and so important. As a, um, I am a mortgage consultant, been doing it for over a quarter of a century, uh, but I do have multiple businesses. One, uh, time management, business efficiency, uh, my one time year business course. And the reason that I'm passionate about sharing my philosophy of one timing is so you can have a better quality of life because sometimes with entrepreneurs, it's easy to put all of your time in work and not find the time to play, or you're playing too much and not putting enough into your business. So really being able to find that, right? It's, it's a balance. It's a it is a balance. Like that balance. It totally is. And I have to say for me, I work really, really hard. However, I play just as hard and definitely have figured out the, uh, the balance in my life. And I also like how you'd mentioned, um, you know, forcing to get a, a dog and take walks and the, you know, bio kind of shared the time that you spend with your, uh, with your wife. And it's so important to take those refreshes uh, during the day so that you can stay hyper-focused 
on the times that you're actually in front of your computer doing business. So hopefully this is a little bit of refresh for both of you today being here on our virtual studio. So Laura, uh, how about for you? How has being an entrepreneur for you helped to be a better person in business and or life? I think the biggest thing that comes to mind is it's uh, made me say yes to scary things, uh, like doing a radio interview. I've never done one before, but sure, you know. Um, I think that most healthcare workers, if you get into healthcare, um, at least I can speak in physical therapy for sure, you don't get a lot of training in like business. Um, so most physical therapists will work for someone else. Um, and I was pretty happy doing that until the clinic I worked for uh, was sold to a big corporation and it felt like the rug was pulled out from under me. Um, I didn't have any control over what happened. So that was what caused me to go into business for myself. And at the time I thought, you know, if I can just make the same money I'm making now, but set my own schedule and practice the way I feel it should be, uh, then I'd be happy. And that was almost 20 years ago now. And, uh, 18 employees later, um, <laughs> It's morphed into something I didn't I didn't necessarily see happening, yeah. uh, but it's been a huge blessing and it keeps um, work really interesting. I'm I'm never bored. Yeah, and I like how you said uh, you know the carpet pulled out from under you because you know I I get really excited when um, you know people are in a space and they have a challenge and but they're in the right mindset to where you can see the opportunity and the excitement of what's on the other side, and uh, so that's great. And I love that you are doing something for the first time, and we happen to be your first coming into the money hour. And and yes, to be successful uh, as an entrepreneur, you definitely have to have that spirit of being willing to do things different, do things for the first time, uh, get out of your comfort zone and get outside of the uh, four wall box for sure. Right. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Steve, instead of what you do and your product and, and service that you offer, what is an example, uh, going in more detail of the actual work that you do? Well, I try to keep relationships with, um, providers that are the best of what they do. Um, and, also those that will work with clients. I see a lot of people, uh, they come in, they were, they were hit by somebody, they don't have UIM. The other person doesn't have insurance. So uh, they don't have health insurance either. So they think they can't treat uh, because they can't pay up front. Um, well, I've, I've taken great care to uh, form relationships with those that will allow them to treat uh, without paying anything up front. They'll hold the hold the bill till later uh, and it allows people to get back to work faster uh, to minimize lost income uh, and to to heal a lot faster and a lot better than they normally would so they can get back to being a, a productive human being that is so great steve uh when you have a business owner that is uh, again, thinking out of the box because that's what the best of the best do. And then doing the extra work, the legwork and getting out on the street and finding, you know, who do I need to find so that I can support and help as many people as I can. A lot of times people take the approach of taking the e easy business and instead of taking the business or the look of supporting people that need your support and taking the extra time to find the resources for those people that might be a little less um, fortunate. So that's great, Steve. Uh, Laura, how about for you, instead of what you do, what is an example of the work you do? Great. Yeah. So being a physical therapist, you're fixing physical problems, uh, but that is a very small piece of what I do. Uh, we get 45 minutes one-on-one -on -one with a patient and 
Sometimes you see them for a long time. If they have a significant injury, you might be seeing them twice a week for months. And so you get to learn everything about this person and their lives and they end up confiding in you. And sometimes people have just moved to the area and I end up being a connector. Um, so, you know, if they need a real estate agent or they need uh, an auto repair shop, um, I'm like, oh yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm really connected to the community and, and being a people person that's actually um, played to my strengths. Uh, but I've really enjoyed that. And then within the company, also um, providing a place that 18 people can work. That's a fun place to go. Um, and giving back to the community, doing community events and injury screens. So, um, yeah, I treat injuries, but I feel like treating people is a is a much bigger, bigger part of what I do. I love that you treat injuries, but treating people is the most important uh, part of what you do. And so both of you are in likeness of uh, getting people connected. And it took me quite a few years in my mortgage career to realize that getting, um, being successful is not about getting connected with people that need my product and service. It's about getting people connected to each other. And mm -hmm. that is really the magic sauce. When we get people connected to each other, then organically everything else comes together for us. Obviously we need to be going out there and looking for the clients that need our service, but taking it to the next level and making sure that you are the connector, mm -hmm. that is really the magic sauce. And I also like how you mentioned community because everything that I've leveled up in my, um, long career that I have at the uh, age of 53 and multiple businesses that I run, what's most important to me and what I'm most passionate about has came from the connections that I've had in my community work. If I had not given that, uh, that work in the community, I would not be the person I am today. So sometimes we think we're going to be an inspiration to someone else when the reality is when you come from a place of contribution the inspiration really comes back to you in such a big way. So thank you to both of you uh, uh, for the answer on that question. Uh, what is your, Steve, your favorite book and why, and how does that connect to business? I'm a self-help junkie uh, in that I read, I read all these, all these articles and uh, books about how to improve yourself. I, I try to follow them, but you know, there's very levels of success, but I think the, the original book for self-help, in my opinion, uh, is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Yeah, that's a good and one. And so there's, there's a couple of tips in there that are, that are pretty valuable to me. One of them is put the first things first. Another one, um, sharpen the saw. Um, I, <clears throat> I spend 10, 15, 20 hours a week just getting better at what I do. Uh, and I have, you know, I have excellent mentors and I read every, every word they write and uh, I'm all up in these trial books. Um, and it's really, I don't know, I'd say those two points are, are the ones that are most um, important to me, but I, I would say, yeah, definitely seven habits for me. Yeah, that, that is an, a, an amazing book. And yeah, the best of the best are always leveling up. They are never at their best. And we do that through education. And I say that um, none of us come up with our own brilliant ideas. Nobody has. You're motivated and inspired by others. And the brilliance is when you actually make it your own and then share it with others. So great book. Uh, Laura, how about for you? 
Um, most of the time I read, it's actually for escape. <laughs> I have to read a lot of medical journals and, and things like that. So when I read a book, honestly, the first one that came to mind was the seventh Harry Potter book. That was probably my favorite that I read in recent years. But the one that has the most um, relation to business, I would say that I loved Malcolm Gladwell's The Tipping Point. Yeah. Um, I love all of his work, to be honest, but The Tipping Point really helped in business because if you can learn to recognize um, if I get this right, mavens, um, connectors, and salesmen. Uh, those are the three types of people that you need to for something to catch on. So if you have a business and you're trying to figure out a way to get people through your door and you can recognize a patient that comes in and they're, they're asking all sorts of questions and you're like, oh, this is a maven. Like this is someone who's going to really like research things and someone else who's a connector. Um, it's, it's had me look at things a different way and also appreciate the strengths in those things because definitely sometimes a maven is not a salesman, you know? Um, so I, I do like, but I love all of his books. He's great. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you take uh, time to read uh, for <laughs> personal time. That kind of goes back to our balance uh, that we talked about in our first question. And yes, everybody has their strengths and their areas that they are and and really being able to surround yourself because we do as well. We're not perfect at everything. So when we can surround ourselves, uh, fill in the gaps there, and then also make sure that our team, that we have everybody that we need that fills in all of those gaps. And that's when you have a complete team. With a complete team, you can provide the best of service to the people that you are meant to serve. So thank you for the panel conversation to both of you. I uh, always love it when we have an opportunity to uh, start out the, uh, the show or start out with our guest with a panel conversation. On that note, coming up next in the Money Hour, a glimpse in the mind of a personal injury attorney. Uh, we're going to have Steve back, Steve Dashik of Washington Law Firm right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Broaden your horizons. You'll be amazed at all the topics we cover on Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, July 24 show. I am flying solo today. Uh, you can also listen to our podcast, Facebook premiere show, or you can catch our show on our YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on any of my upcoming events, please go to tinamitchellevents.com. And I uh, would love to uh, spend some time with you in my events. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. We are here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you are hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We are here to answer any questions or more importantly, to connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyr.com. In studio right now, we have Steve Dashik of Washington Law Firm, a glimpse in the mind of a personal injury attorney right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Uh, Steve, really excited to showcase a little more about your business and uh, what you do. So thank you again for being here on our virtual show. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yay. So yeah. let's go ahead and start out. What's um, the most common mistake that you see people make before being in a collection? Uh, collision? 
So what I see most commonly is people have inadequate insurance coverage. Um, the average person is going to get into three or four collisions in their lifetime. Uh, and there's just too many people that rely on the assumption that they have full coverage. I've met plenty of people that think full coverage just means liability or that it just means liability plus collision. Uh, everyone, it should, this should be mandated by the state. Everyone needs PIP. Everyone needs collision coverage. Everyone needs uninsured, underinsured coverage. Uh, uninsured coverage, UM, UIM. Uh, the worst calls I take are the ones where someone is extremely hurt and they don't, they don't have enough vehicle insurance, they don't have enough health insurance to make sure their bills are paid. It's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, and, and insurance is, is so important and because I'm in the mortgage industry um, uh, and just as you were connected in your community, I am as well. And so, you know, I hear a lot of this where people are un, under insured in a lot of cases. You need to have umbrella policy. You need to make sure if you have a business, you have your business protected. Uh, you need to make sure if you're out there driving that you have all of the things that, that Steve is talking about. Uh, so really connecting with uh, your insurance provider on an annual basis and just kind of reviewing and seeing what's going on to make sure that you have the appropriate coverage. And the reason I say on an annual basis is because things change in our life and they can change quite frequently. And so really making sure that you're touching base with all of the experts that you have on your personal finance and insurance team to make sure that you are not in a position to where uh, you get a collision and have a conversation with Steve and find out that there's some challenges uh, there that, um, uh, that need to be addressed. So Steve, what is the most important thing that you wish people would address after being in a collision? I wish more people would uh, focus more intelligently on their treatment. Um, it's, it's, it's really a pain in the butt to be injured and still have to work full time or still have to go to school full time or still have to work and be a parent. So there are, there are plenty of people that just go for a month or two and they stop when they're still in pain. Mm. Uh, that that is very inadvisable because once you're done treating, there is a presumption that you're healed uh, because if you're hurt, you should treat. Um, everyone, almost everyone is entitled to treat until they're in the exact same condition physically as they were before the accident. If they can't come back to that state, um, they're almost certainly entitled to compensation for a permanent injury. Uh, but in order to do that, you have to treat. You have to treat until you get better. Um, a lot of people, as we were talking about earlier, think there are no options to treat and that plays into it, uh, but there, there are options to treat if you, even if you think you can't pay for it. Um, I just wish people knew that. Yeah, and so if you're listening to the show uh, today and you know anybody that's been involved in a collision and doesn't have the appropriate insurance and is afraid because they don't have the money to pay for the treatment up front, as we talked about in our panel conversation, uh, Steve goes that extra mile to really take care of, of his clients and to make sure that he has the resources and the connections that you need uh, to where you can go in and get that treatment and it doesn't have to be paid uh, up front. So there's always options. You just need to find the right experts that have enough passion in their business that they're looking uh, to get everything 
something that people uh, need. So um, yeah, treatment is really important, making sure you stick with it. I know you might say life is life is busy and you think that you're okay. Uh, life is going to get really busy uh, when you find out that you're, you're not in the healthy spot that you were prior to your collision. Um, so play on the caution, uh, cautious side for sure uh, with that. So Steve, what's a case that you're most proud of and why? So uh, this is a recent case I just arbitrated. Uh, there's a few factors that made it complicated. Uh, one, it was a very low speed collision. It was something like three or four miles an hour. Um, there was a very large initial gap in treatment from the time of the collision to the time that he first saw a provider. It was, um, I think, nine weeks, 10 weeks. And he had a huge list of pre-existing uh, permanent uh, physical conditions. And any one of these by themselves it is a hurdle when you're negotiating. If you have two of them, usually it means you have to litigate. And if you have three of these, then it makes it a difficult win. It's a difficult case. And um, in addition to that, the client, he didn't really come, uh, come across credible. He, he didn't necessarily take the process as seriously as, as he could have, uh, despite just thorough preparation, uh, but for better or for worse, this is the guy I want to help. He's got the basics of a good case, and he may not be the ideal client, but he is going to get taken advantage of seriously if he doesn't have some help. And um, some clients can be difficult to work with. Uh, there's four mountains, essentially, that you need to climb. Um, you've got to prove the injury. You've got to prove liability. You've got to prove the damages that the injury caused, and then you have to you have to climb the client. And oftentimes, the client is the hardest mountain to climb. Um, well, anyway, I just got finished with the arbitration for his case, and I got over twenty times what the offer was before we filed suit. Wow! Congratulations, Steve, for you and for your client. Yeah, it was. Uh, he deserves it. Yeah, that is so awesome. And yeah, and if you if you're hiring an an expert, follow what their lead and their direction is, uh, so that you can make sure that you are uh, getting the best of whatever it is that you need in product and service, because that's why you've hired them. Uh, so Steve, that was great. In the in the end, even with uh, the challenge of getting him on board, needing what doing what he needs to do, uh, that you were able to have such a successful outcome. So Steve, what is the hardest part? of your job? The hardest part of my job is seeing people shoot their claims in the foot. As we were talking about before, too many people just don't have adequate insurance to get the treatment they need. Um, yeah. I've spoken to a lot of people that would their life would be in a very different, pla different place if they had adequate UIM coverage, PIP, collision coverage. Uh, I think everyone needs a minimum of 100, 300 UIM and 35K PIP. If there were just a handful of people, if they just had that, their lives would be in a completely different place. Mm. I, mean, I can I can do a lot uh, to undo dents that are put into a case, but if there's you know if there's no pockets to pay, and it's just a it's a tough deal. Make sure that you are appropriately insured. That's what I'm hearing from my conversation uh, with you today. <laughs> Please. So if you're listening today, call your insurance agent, make sure that you are properly insured. Steve, what about your favorite 
part of your job? So uh, my favorite part of the job is making connections with other attorneys and medical providers um, that can tell that I really care about my clients. Um, and I got I to gotta say, it's really nice to be able to have a chiropractor or a physical therapist or a physiatrist um, with their cell phone number in my phone that I can text at any time, yeah. uh, that I can, I can a little bit more efficiently help people get um, what they need to do in order to treat and get better. Yeah, again, as we talked in the, the panel, uh, being a connector, that is the magic sauce. That's how you best serve your clients because we represent one thing, uh, but there's a group of people and no matter what you're doing that it takes to have a successful outcome. Um, so make sure that uh, when you're hiring a professional that they have those connections that you need. What about most the most fulfilling part of your job, Steve? I really like it when I can, when I'm able to make someone feel heard, when I'm able to get their, their human story out there to, uh, to an arbitrator or a, a jury. Um, and with that in mind, it gives them at least some closure, no matter what the result is, knowing that we did get the best result because we told their story. Um, and I would say second thing is just constantly improving. It's, uh, it's really fulfilling to think that even I'm, I'm better than I was a month ago. And in a month from now, I'll be better still. Um, it's a constant process. And I'm probably like supercharging the process by spending maybe a little bit too much time learning. Uh, but still, I feel like it's, um, I feel like it's very fulfilling. It gives me purpose. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I do uh, affirmations every morning that I scream at the top of my lungs to the rock, Rocky theme song. Uh, but I also write affirmations. And one of the affirmations that's not in my voice out loud is uh, that I'm going to be a little bit better than I was today. That I, I would be a little bit better today than I was yesterday. So if you can be have the intent to be just a little bit better today than you were yesterday, by the end of that 30 days, uh, you're 30 days better with those little things each time. So yes, leveling up is definitely uh, what it's all about in uh, being successful in business. And if you're successful in business, then you can really support more people. You can have a better quality of life for you, your family, and be able to contribute more to your community. And that's what life is all about. So um, it sounds weird to say 2022. I can't believe that we're almost uh, uh, getting close to that. But what is your biggest goal for next year, 2022? So I've been very fortunate in the last couple of years um, to join a couple of trial, trial lawyer groups. Um, and I've just managed to get a hold of a, a significant amount of extremely uh, valuable mentors that are also great people. Like they're, they're excellent at what they do and they've made me better. Um, I, wanna, I wanna try a case with one of them or multiple of them. Uh, I really would like the, the chance to show them, uh, you know, what they've helped me become. And I think that would be, I think that would be really nice. It's a, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's kind of my, my primary goal for the next year, or at least 2022. Looking forward to it. That is great. It, it feels so good for somebody to be able to show that what you've done, you've made a difference in their life because you know then they're making a higher difference in someone else's life. Uh, as well, it's great for us to be able to share that with somebody that's made that difference. So what a beautiful goal. So we have uh, less than a minute left, but I do wanna ask you uh, quickly is, what should you do if you are hurt 
and an accident. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Call 911. See if you can get an officer to come out and create a police report. Uh, get the other driver's contact info. If you can, get witness contact info if there's one around or if you have a loved one that's there in the scene with you. Uh, see if you can take photos of both cars uh, as well as the scene. Uh, seek medical treatment. Call your PCP, your primary care provider. Go to an urgent care. Go to an ER and get checked out. Uh, it just helps document, start the documentation of the process and show that you were hurt. Um, and last, call and talk to an attorney so they can evaluate your case and see what your rights are, see what they can do to help. Uh, by an attorney, I mean specifically me. Wonderful, Steve. And if you want to uh, get connected with Steve, you can call the show at 1-855-411-50 uh, or go online to themoneyhour.com. Uh, Steve, it was a real pleasure to have you on our virtual studio for your first visit. We look forward to having you back again in the future. Yeah, it was great. I love being here. Thank you. You're very welcome, Steve. Coming up next in the Money Hour, healthcare during COVID. We have Laura Clovier uh, by Junction Sports Therapy right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Have you been recently injured or have been living with an injury that you don't think you can get better? Do you think you don't have time to do the physical therapy to recover? Is having one-on-one -on -one focus care important to you? Are you looking to support a locally owned physical therapy clinic that cares about you and your community? BioJunction Sports Therapy is locally owned by Laura Clothier, a physical therapist with 19 years of experience who has two clinics in Seattle. They are conveniently located in West Seattle and Wallingford neighborhoods and are open from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m., Monday through Friday, and by appointment on Saturday. All of your treatment sessions are kept to an easy-to-manage 45 minutes and are with a licensed physical therapist. Some of their specialties include post-surgical care, bike fits, gait analysis, sports-specific training, Pilates, and pelvic health. If you'd like more information, visit their website at biojunction.com. Biojunction Sports Therapy. They're looking forward to helping you feel your best again. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You are listening to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, July 24 show. No Keelan or co-host today, so I'm doing it all on my own. Uh, Keelan, if you're listening to the whole show, I hope you're feeling better. You can also listen to our podcast, Facebook premiere show, or you can catch our show on our YouTube channel. For more information on any of the events that I have, please go to tinamitchellevents.com. I am your host. Tina Mitchell. We bring into studio each week the best of the best experts in our local market, everything regarding your money. We are here to help you in today's economy. And now in studio, we have Laura Clovier, a Bijunction Sports Therapy, healthcare during COVID, right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tina. It's great to do this. This is fun. 
Yeah, thank you so much for joining. Mm -hmm. So really excited to talk with you about healthcare, uh, what's going on in healthcare, how it's been impacted by COVID. So mm -hmm. what have you been, um, it has been your biggest challenge of owning a healthcare facility during COVID? Because I know it's a lot different for you than it is a lot of other industries. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's been so much. I would say initially, uh, we were shut down almost completely um, from, I think, March to end of April. It was about six weeks uh, where we could only see patients who were deemed emergency or via telehealth. So we were seeing about a third as many patients as we normally did. We are navigating uh, unknown territory. None of us had ever been through a pandemic before. And the Department of Health, the American Physical Therapy Association, everybody was trying to figure out how to do this. And Initially, it didn't seem like it was going to be as long as it turned out to be, but uh, once we got going again, it was um, figuring out how to keep uh, patients and, and staff safe, um, how to perform um, care that is necessary um, and definitely necessary now that we're a year and a half into it. Uh, there are lots of surgeries that got put on hold initially, but now those are all being done and people are catching up and we're busy. So now it's managing all the patients, the influx of patients. Yeah, well, well, one thing that I uh, that I hope people took away from COVID um, and, you know, my biggest challenge in my time management business efficiency coach is helping people make change. And it's my second mind shift, embracing the hard road, which is which represents change. And hopefully in COVID, something to take away is proving that you can change and you can change mm -hmm. very quickly because uh, look at how many businesses overnight had to make change. Now your change much different because literally being shut down um, and not knowing what was going to happen in the future to your business added a lot of emotional stress that a lot of us in our businesses did not have to go through. Mm -hmm. So Laura, what have you um, has been uh, challenges in helping a health care provider during COVID? What are some of those challenges that you've seen? Right, so more on the personal side of contact with patients. Um, I would say that there was a lot of worry, uh, worrying about keeping your patients safe, uh, worrying about bringing something home to your family. Um, my husband's 10 years older than me. Uh, my mom was actually in a nursing home and uh, did contract COVID from a healthcare worker and passed away three days later. It was oh my super gosh, bad. I'm so sorry. Um, so having to uh, say goodbye over FaceTime um, when she was in a coma, I, I actually felt so much for the healthcare provider that was holding up the iPad in full hazmat gear. Um, so it's been a lot of stress on the healthcare providers because where other people were able to maybe take time off or work from home and things got a little easier, things did not get easy uh, as a provider. So huge relief when we were able to get the vaccine in January. Um, for me, it just lifted this huge cloud, uh, this weight off of my shoulders. Um, and I really feel it for all the wonderful providers, um, surgeons, chiropractors, um, massage therapists, everybody that has contact with patients to help people get better. Um, has been through a lot. So I just want to say thank you to everybody who has stepped up and um, in a really scary and uncharted time been really selfless. Um, so that's, that's what I think. 
Yeah, well, what a, a great shout out to um, all of the providers out there. And I definitely second that. And yeah, not uh, not going through a loss of anybody. And again, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss, uh, Laura. And, and yeah, what if um, uh, such a different experience not being able to go through that process that we normally would in being there physically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I haven't lost anybody that is close to me um, in COVID. And then at the same time, going through such the uh, changes and the shutdown of your business at the same time, um, yeah, it's been a uh, definitely a challenging space for a lot a lot of people. So, have you um, have there been any unexpected benefits with adjusting to treating patients during COVID that you've seen, uh, Laura? There has um, surprisingly, I think the biggest one was we were all immediately forced to learn telehealth. <laughs> yeah. So- we didn't know what we were doing, and um, insurance companies uh, before that really didn't cover it, um, which I think is going to change going forward. Um, I know some insurances have gone back to reverting where they don't cover telehealth services, but some have decided to keep it, and I think that's a huge benefit because sometimes you have a patient who their car breaks down, and they can't get to PT and they just wanted to go over their home exercise program with you. Um, Now that provides us an opportunity to do so. Or you have patients who maybe are immunocompromised because they they have a knee injury, but they're also in chemotherapy and you can minimize contact. Um, So there's there's a huge benefit there. And I really hope that insurances continue to allow coverage for that in, um, in situations where we can obviously justify it. Um, the other thing was that it accelerated our transition at our clinic to being more paperless and, and trying to think of like how to cut down contact with patients. Um, we made some changes. We had um, some downtime in a way uh, to revamp our website, you know, improve processes, um, clean out, you know, the drawers from patients that hadn't been in for a long time. So there was some benefit to all that. Um, I feel like I'm glad that's behind us now and ready to move forward with businesses as normal as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. So it's, in, and again, like you said that, um, uh, you know, you've gotten through it now and it's nice to be able to go back and, and look at some of the benefits uh, in the industry. Obviously there's uh, so much more uh, convenience that's been brought in. And again, you know, like you said, uh, making changes and having that time to be able to level up on the efficiency of your business. Uh, yeah, I I love it because uh, you can do virtual training now where there was a never virtual personal training. So I don't have to go to the gym with my personal trainer. He just visits me uh, uh, in the morning on uh, FaceTime. So yeah, lots of uh, conveniences that have came out of it that hopefully we continue to utilize as we move forward. So has there been different types of injuries that you have seen during the past year and a half uh, because of COVID? Uh, Absolutely. So if you think about what we've all been doing, a lot more time at home on a computer, Zoom meetings, um, we're seeing a lot of postural and repetitive stress type injuries, especially in kids. Um, If you think about the average kid being in class, they're looking around, um, you know, different things are taking their attention and instead they're staring at a small screen, barely moving. So we have a lot of that. And then also um, activity wise, having people go from sitting and doing nothing to going back to playing basketball. We're seeing a lot of like ACL injuries because they aren't conditioned for those sports. So 
Yeah. So if you're getting back out there in the sports, I guess a shout out from Laura is, is take a little bit easy and let your body uh, get into that and, and adjust it. Yeah. I think the common thing for most with COVID that has been a disadvantage when it comes to our health is just the, um, uh, the extra pounds and things that we're putting on because we're not getting out there. And a lot of the time, not really even doing much walking because we're literally just stuck here back to back in Zoom meetings. Mm -hmm. So what have you observed among your employees and patients dealing with the pressure of COVID? Yeah, there's stress levels that are, have been high. Um, I think a lot of healthcare providers were we're empaths by nature. You know, we take on what we feel around us. Um, there's been a lot more mental health problems that I've seen in my patients. Um, whenever we do an intake sheet, they're, they're always checking off any health problems. And I would say seven out of 10 patients are checking off anxiety and depression, um, which is way more than that used to be. And I also know from providers we refer to that it's very difficult to find an available uh, mental health practitioner at the moment. They're all extremely busy. Um, but I think, like you said, weight gain, um, has led to maybe some depression. Um, there's been a lot of fear, fear behavior, a lot of grief and loss, yeah. um, you know, all of those things when you're injured, like physically injured, your ability to get better from that injury is also dependent on your ability to hold like so much on your plate. So if you're have, if you have a back problem and you're going through a divorce, your back pain is going to be worse. It's just body can only takes so much. So we're seeing really uh, complicated patients. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So sad. Your, your emotional state definitely affects your uh, health state for sure. And the recovery process of whatever you might be dealing with. Uh, Laura, what precautions have you been taking to help slow the spread of COVID in your clinic? And what has guided you to make those decisions? Well, we shut down for two days when this was all happening initially um, to do a total deep clean of the clinic. Um, we rearranged so that the tables were as far apart as possible instead of being next to each other. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we wear masks every day. <laughs> um, we have hand sanitizer that people use more often distributed throughout the clinic. Uh, screening questions when patients walk in, signs on the door so people yeah. don't come in if they're having symptoms. Um, but a lot of this has been, uh, you know, guided by the Department of Health, but yeah. actually found that we were given more guidance earlier on, and now we've been given a lot less guidance. Um, so some some questions, some things have been difficult to make a decision on. So yeah. what do you do if somebody has traveled outside of the state? Well, what if they've traveled outside of the country? What if they're vaccinated? What if they're, you know, there's been so many uh, factors that, we haven't had really clear guidelines on that. So um, different businesses have taken different approaches and we've had to figure that out for ourselves to some degree. Yeah, and what a, what a place to have uh, not lack of direction and confusion uh, mm -hmm. for sure. So Laura, uh, how has the state easing uh, restrictions in the last month changed what you're experiencing at work? Obviously uh, the lack of direction, we've talked about that, what else? Yeah, I think the biggest one is the confusion with patients. If you list, list the mask mandate everywhere, you forget to wear a mask. So people come in without a mask on, and we have to remind them that healthcare facilities still require masks. Um, that's probably been the biggest one. 
Yeah. So uh, wrapping up here really quickly uh, with our conversation, Laura, what future business activity or plan are you still uh, holding because of COVID? Well, I had plans in 2020 to open a third clinic and obviously that, that got put on hold. Um, I live in West Seattle and uh, the West Seattle Bridge going down has changed where I thought I wanted to open that third clinic. Um, I think, you know, continuing education classes that we take to keep our license. Uh, some of them uh, I haven't gone to because they're not good online. They're, they're hands-on techniques. So we haven't been doing those classes or even going out to doctor talks or doctor meetings. Um, you know, over Zoom has been great, but I really miss like contact and face-to-face -face with our providers. Yeah, definitely. Well, Laura, I'm glad that you uh, made it through on the other side um, and that you're, you know, able to uh, provide the service that you are to people, especially in these times, because uh, as you shared, people needed a lot more. There's a lot more um, uh, tragedies and health issues that are happening out there. So thank you so much for coming into the show and sharing your information. Thank you for having me. And if you're listening today, please call the show at 1-855-411-50 to get connected with Law uh, or online at themoneyhour.com. And this is your host, Tina Mitchell, your local mortgage expert, needing to sign off for today. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. We look forward to talking more money with you next weekend right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited.